Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of World of Wellness. I'm your grateful host, Megan Zucker. Happy to be here as always. Today we have a special guest, Jill Hollander. And Jill is a speaker, she's an author, she's a health and life and confidence coach. And her and I have just an amazing conversation. We talk a lot about having courage, resiliency, self-advocacy, and really finding why and purpose and how really diving into ourselves helps us make the changes in our life that we want to make. I honestly just, this conversation flowed so fun. So I'm really excited to share it with you. And it is time for us to get fit, feel good, have fun with Jill. So without further ado, here's the interview. All right, Jill, thank you so much for coming on the podcast this morning. Would you mind starting by introducing yourself to our listeners? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I am Jill Hollander. I'm a certified health and life coach as well as a speaker. I help people to recognize their courage, reframe their challenge, and reinvent their life. My passion for my work came from my life experience of being born with a congenital heart defect, having two open heart surgeries, a heart transplant, and six different occurrences of a a transplant-related cancer. And these obstacles gave me the opportunity to truly live. And in order to do that, I created the process of how I can recognize my courage, reframe my challenge, and reinvent my life. And now I share that with others. Wow. That's a, tell tell me what was the, or what has been the biggest, what's been your biggest learning experience as well as your biggest challenge through all of these? Great question. My biggest learning experience is resilience. We can get knocked down, but we get back up and that we have the power to choose our response to any given situation. We can't control what happens to us, but we can control how we respond to it. And that's one of the ways that I recognize my courage by knowing I have the power to choose my mindset, my self-view, and my actions, as well as well as my thoughts and feelings. And then in terms of challenge, I would say the biggest challenge is just that idea, almost the other side of it is sometimes when you do get knocked down to keep going. How do you how do you keep motivating yourself? time and time again, because I've had a bunch of occurrences. And I think that getting knocked down and getting back up, but to keep doing it over and over again, I think that it's been both. It's been challenging as well as such a lesson and a blessing. So where did you, do you, have you always kind of had that mindset of resiliency or did you have to learn that along the way? I was born with a natural fighting spirit, as I believe that many born with any type of illness or challenge or whatever often are. So I was born with a natural fighting spirit as well as my parents just set the groundwork from early on of like prioritizing my health, but making it part of our life and not letting it stop or define our family. And then I inherited that. So I feel like that was really integral in the process. Yeah. That's, I, this it makes me think of, I personally believe a little bit that we all kind of like decide what our life journey is going to be before Absolutely. we even like come down. Yes. Um, I don't want to say come down, but like, you know, we kind of like choose what we're going to do, we're going to be and how we're going to, the challenges that we're going to go through. Um, 
how do you think that the challenges that you've gone through as who, who was your inspiration to kind of get through all of these, I guess, is what I'm asking. Or like, did you, do you ah, I'm doing bad right now. <laughs> no, you're doing great. I feel like I just want to say, first of all, I do, I totally hear what you're saying with this idea that we are brought here yeah, yeah. for yeah. a reason and yeah. a purpose. And I yes. definitely have felt that. So I completely agree. And I think in terms of what has kept me personally going, it is that inner spirit and that idea of figuring things out. Because some of the things that I did besides making the choice, knowing that I have the choice to choose how I respond, how I view myself and viewing myself as healthy, making that choice. And my parents supporting that. I made that choice about seven years old and I had my first surgery at two. And after that, I decided that I was going to live my life like my sister who had no health challenges. And I feel like that really set me on a path and a trajectory of living that way because we don't always have to, what we feel we are and what we actually are don't always have to be completely in alignment because it can help us to keep going. So I think that this idea that I get to choose and the idea that I think I also kind of had this like rebelous fighting spirit that like, I'll show you, I can do this. Like, so I think that that kept me going. That was like an inner spark that I had. And it helped me to another way that I found my courage to find my yes, to look for what was working instead of what wasn't. And I think that did come from internal, that internal desire to say, I can do this. Yes, I can. And if you think I can't just watch. I love that. Um, so what do you think, do you have an idea of what your purpose is? Oh yeah. I feel like my purpose is really this sharing with people. Yeah. How you keep going when things are hard, how to be resilient and what that really looks like, which the crux of that is really within this, these concepts of recognizing your courage, reframe your challenge and reinvent your life. And I think that my purpose is to help others do that through speaking and coaching as you know, I do life coaching, resiliency, coaching, confidence coaching. And I feel that that is integral because we can get down in life, but we, the idea is to not let us stay there, to not get stuck there. And how do we keep coming back and saying, I'm going to live my life and I'm going to love my life through all the ups, downs, twists, and turns, because we can't wait till everything's perfect. We have to live wherever we are and do the best that we can in that. Um, Can you, without giving away too much, kind of talk us through some of the steps that you take people through to help them with resiliency and courage in moving through tough situations? Absolutely. So the first few I kind of mentioned, which is the recognize your courage, which is this concept of First, we have to acknowledge where we are. So name it, claim it, change it. We acknowledge where we are. We also feel our feelings about them, claim how we're feeling. Because so often we keep it, we push it down. We don't let it out. We try to avoid or we try to hide it. But the truth is when we feel it and we feel it in a safe way. So I recommend working with a coach or a therapist to help you to do that. I myself had worked with a therapist to help me to figure out my best way to feel my feelings in a safe way, but to feel it. Because when we name it, and feel it, then we can begin to change it. Feeling the emotions is hard. It's hard. It really is. It like, yes, it does. And I think the point is, and I say this to my clients often, like there's no way around this just through, it is going to be hard. And I'm here to support you because I don't like to like pretend, right? The truth is I'd rather just be honest and say, this is going to be hard, but you are supported 
And this is how you're going to get to the next step that you would share with me that you want to get to. So this is part of the process. It's not the best part. And let's be honest, growth and transformation is messy. It's challenging. Growing pains don't have to be real. Yeah, it's true. Right. And I think that all of this also, we remind ourselves that we have the power. Yeah. We have the power to not get stuck. We have the power to cross our emotions and to keep going. We have the power to choose, which is another part of how you recognize your courage. And we can keep looking for what is working, which is finding your yes, finding ways to make it not as difficult, even a little light in the darkness, because it can feel very dark at times, just a glimmer of hope, one small step at a time. Well, and then that's where the the courage comes in to be able to like, I like that what you're saying, like claim it, like the courage to actually open yourself up and be vulnerable enough with yourself to say like, this is what I am actually struggling with. This is what I feel because like you said, like we tend to push it down and you know, it's actually funny that we're even having this conversation because I've had a situation recently where I felt grief, but it wasn't from somebody dying and it was from, it was from like a relationship and, mm-hmm. and I have a friend who's a death doula. And then I have another one who's a holistic health nurse and like kind of helps people as they're passing and like that, mm-hmm. um, nurse way. But I feel like when we actually start to feel the emotions, it really opens us up to like truly embody ourselves. Yes, absolutely. And it is the catalyst to start to change your mindset, your actions, your thoughts, your feelings, because Otherwise, we're just walking around putting band-aids on top right. of all our hurt, all our pain. And yeah. the grief is real and it doesn't have, that's the whole thing. It doesn't have to mean death. It could be in, in the actual physical form. It could be in so many forms. And I think it's a great topic because so many people I think now are grieving so many different aspects because yeah. of everything we've all been through. So it's just very relevant as well. And part of that. Once we recognize our courage, because we all have courage, we just have to tap into it. We're all courageous. Yeah. We're all braver than we know. And the more we tap into it, the more we could show it up in our lives, feeling more courageous. And then we reframe our challenge. And one of the ways that I start to do that is to speak up for myself. Self-advocacy, finding, owning, and using your voice. Because no one knows your experiences like you do. And if you don't speak up for yourself in your relationships, in your career, with your health, no one else will. Right. And it can transform the experience. I really like that because I also think you're, there's so many things right here. It's awesome. <laughs> but, but I was just... I, going to social media, but like seeing other people like, sorry that I'm doing this or like whatever. But like, I feel like the more that we can empower ourselves, that also empowers other people rather than like, Oh, sorry, I'm doing this, but like, Hey, I'm doing this and this feels good. These are what I'm going through. But this is also the good things that are happening. Like it depends on the mindset of like, are you going to look at it and go, well, she's just showing off or you go like, wow, she's actually like showing up for herself and putting in the work to do it. So I really like what you're saying there. Yes. And it's how we feel because how we feel about it, that's how we show up. If we feel good about it, then we show up that way. And this idea of saying, sorry, I think we apologize so much more than we need to, especially women and young girls. I work with both tweens, teens, as well as adults. And this idea of saying, sorry, we don't, what are we sorry for? 
just step in and say what it is. Because so many times, if something actually happens, yes, the need to apologize. But a lot of times, we're it's the societal beliefs that have trained us to be sorry for for what you think you're polite, right. but really just stand in your truth and speak it because then you could tap into your authentic confidence and show that way, which authentic confidence to me is really keeping a promise to yourself. I'm going to show up this way. Well, and I think that, um, we, I mean, that comes into wanting to fit into a culture or society or even like our family, but a lot of times that being authentic in yourself is also breaking away those tribal bonds and creating new ones. Have you ever read the book anatomy of the spirit? I've not. Oh my gosh. You would love it. Well, so she it's by Carolyn Meese and she talks about, um, I, I really like it because she ties in, I don't mean, not, well, I mean this fun, but, um, she talks about like our chakra system. And then she also talks about, um, Christianity, but also Judaism and how they each, cool. each level talks about the, the different separating ourselves. So like, you know, you have your root chakra, which is like your family, your tribe. And then you have the next one, which is your, um, your relationships and then your self-worth. So like when we're kind of elevating and like stepping into our power to where we can speak our truth, like we are going to have to clear out some things that aren't meant to be there. And sometimes it's family and that's hard and we have to grieve that and work through that. Absolutely. And it's also part of what I call another way to reframe your challenge is hope, cope and deal. And big part of that is finding your go-to support squad that may change, that may shift. And also the way that you show up in your support squad may shift because there's times where I haven't necessarily changed my people, but I've changed how I show up and then it changes how they do too. Yeah. Well, you're setting the boundary, the expectation. Exactly. Which is also what, when you become your own advocate, creating boundaries becomes so much easier because you're clear, yeah. you say what you need, you speak yeah. with conviction, and then people know that you mean business and that they're going to respect your boundaries because you're respecting your boundaries and you're going to, you're going to draw the line. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. And yeah, <laughs> it's hard to do it, it, but I think, and it takes, it takes practice. Like it's not going to be perfect the first time that you do it and you might slip back up and like let those walls back down. But once you keep, it's kind of like a, the test fail, learn, reenter, repeat, of like, yes. keep doing it until you actually create your own. Yes. Fear. You need to keep doing it again and again. It becomes, it becomes a habit because consistency is key because, and we have to expect that we are going to fall down. It is new. We are learning. And the whole thing of growth is a process. We go back, we go forth, we go back when we go forth, like one step forward, one step back. And the idea going back to like resilience is to keep showing up. Yeah. You go back, you had a bad day. Just like if you're on a, you know, if you're watching how you eat, you want to eat healthier, you eat cake one day. Okay. So the next day you go back to eating salad. Like it's that whole idea. And that idea of also for all the perfectionists out there to just let it, it's okay. Good enough is good enough. It doesn't have to be great every single time. Yeah. I, I, do you think it's because of our, do you think it's the culture that puts pressure on people, but it's, it's almost like not real. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the pressure that we put on, like we put it on ourselves because on ourselves, yeah. I think it's cultural. And I think it's also societal. And I think it's also our interpretation. 
Yeah. Love that. And then also the fact that we believe that we need, we need to do it that way because who says there's only one way of doing something. That's another thing that I've always done. that I think has been helpful for me. I'm happy being outside the box. I feel comfortable there. I'd rather be outside the box and questioning things and questioning things for me as an individual and doing what works for me. And especially my life circumstances have kind of set me up in that in that way, right? Where really I didn't, as much as I did do a lot like of things that everyone did actually most of my life, but I also had to do it just slightly differently. So this, these concepts were almost, I had to shift them for myself to be able to live as fully as I wanted to. And also to continue to hope, cope and deal, which one of the other ways is to use coping strategies, find what works for you, find how you change your mindset. Does music work? Does movement? Does dancing? What is it for you that works and using them as well as this concept that I call active acceptance, which is being realistic, optimistic, and proactive. So my question for you would be, how would you guide somebody who has no idea even where to start to identify what they like? I, I mean, in, I, I, yeah, go ahead. I feel like, go ahead. Yes. Like where their passion lies or where their purpose lies or what. Yeah. And, and I hate to always use myself an example, but like, I've only recently discovered that I love writing songs and I like playing the piano, but like, I never ever gave myself the space to learn that until about six months ago, because I was always like too busy trying to work on work, make sure that like my business was going to stay or like my clients were taking care of that. I didn't give myself the space. So like, how would you coach somebody like me? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, or anybody. So I actually read this article once when I was going through a really hard time and it talks about going back to what you loved in childhood and start doing that. I think a lot of times the seeds were planted in childhood of what we just naturally went towards, what we did and enjoyed. So I would say to start to go back to that time, think of what you used to really just love doing, could spend hours doing, and that lit you up and that felt good. And when you decide what that is, when you figure out what that is, when you, and even try different things, like say you liked art, you could try painting, you could try this, but the, the piece of that before we get there is creating the time. So you now know what it is, right? You found or have an inkling, right? A clue that, yes, I like music. But then it's being, making that choice to say that my life is not only about work. I want, and it's also how do you really really want to live? Like, do you want to live a life that's only about work? Or are you desiring to have a more holistic, well-rounded life? And when I say well-rounded, it's for each individual. Work is what brings someone joy. It's everyone's individual preference, what they're, what their ways to be and to yeah. live fully are. But if you're saying this to me, it sounds like you're seeking more whole, holistic, you know, view right. of life, including different types of passion, not just the work that you do or other things. Right. So I would say this concept of like work is one part. It's almost thinking of it as a, like a pie and slices of the pie. Right. And you can use that visualization and say, okay, this is my time for this slice of the pie. Right. Now I'm going to make time for this slice of the pie, which is working more on discovering what really lights me up, what my passions are, what they are specifically. So that's where I'd start with somebody that comes with that. Very, very, uh, there's too many thoughts going through my brain, Um, (laughs) which is a good thing. Um, But it uh, makes me think what you're, what you are saying of like, um, 
teaching holistic health, you have spokes on the wheel, right? And I like what you're saying with the pie, because like a spoke does make a pie, but you know, we're looking at thinking, breathing, whatever work should actually be in there as well. Because like, that is how we like survive. It's not all just like all health. Yeah. And then having to make things a priority, like you have to prioritize what you want to bring into your life. Absolutely. You have to prioritize what you want to bring into your life. And also work can be part of what you're passionate about, which has been part of my journey of creating a life and a career that I am passionate about in each area, but also making room for the time for the precious moments with friends and family time for yourself to just enjoy and have it be just passion filled without having as much, it doesn't have to be so purposefully directed. So it's all part of it. And also this really speaks to the other part of recognize reframing your challenge, which is this idea of finding creative solutions, right? We're given a set of circumstances, some, some obstacles come up in our life and it's like, okay, you had plan A, which isn't working as fully. Like you got really into your work, but now what about the rest of it? Right. So what I call that is your health, because people will just work and just let their health go to the wayside. That's the whole thing because we have one precious life, right? And we have to decide how we really want to live that life. And we have the power to choose that. And the truth is from someone that has lived a lot through different, really big, challenging, life-threatening situations, I've learned again and again how precious life is and that tomorrow is not guaranteed. So let's live as if tomorrow is not promised because it's not. And then when you do that, you can ask yourself questions. How do I really want to live? What do I really want to be doing? And that will help you to create that overarching, the pieces of the pie, basically. And one of the ways to do that, once you know what they are, then you can use this idea of finding creative solutions to make that work for you, to find the time, to, to interwoven that. Even if it doesn't, plan A is not working, don't stop there. Go to plan B. Keep using problem-solving skills to get to that holistic life that you're desiring. Well, I think that that comes to mindset too of how are you, okay, so sure you identify that you want to change or that you're not happy or your, your health is not, but like, how are you, what is the attitude that you're bringing into your work? Maybe you don't enjoy it, but like, can you practice gratitude while you're doing it? And then like, just find like, I'm having fun trying to figure this out while I try to figure out what else I want to do rather, because when we put the negative emotion in there, we, that our body doesn't know the difference between physical, mental, and emotional stress. Absolutely. I think this whole idea of we really do need to look at our mindset because our mindset is so important. And the way we talk to ourselves is so important. If we're always saying, this is hard, I don't like it, find that one thing that works and focus on that. Easier said than done. But I would say, find that one thing, write it down, have it in your workspace, have it written down in your workspace in real big letters to remind yourself again and again that this is what you can focus on. And also, if you really don't like what you're doing, then what is your plan to to change that? And you can focus on that too while you're still needing to do the, the work or whatever it is to support yourself. You can have a plan. You could have a side hustle that will help you to diversify so that you do feel more passionate in your life. It doesn't have to be all in forcing one area to work. If it's not working, start to change it. Uh, someone's told me that with that specifically, your job can be your uh, sponsor for whatever yes. you're trying to accomplish. 
Yes, for whatever is next. Yeah. And that's how great businesses and great ideas are often born through that process by by using the job that they have now to fund what they're going, what they are creating for the future. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It's this idea of playing. It's almost like, like this idea of switching. It's like switching your mindset, but this idea you could turn it into a game. Yeah. Like, Oh, okay. Make it lighter. Right. Like, Oh, all right. Little gremlin, negative Nancy. Uh, there's no time for you today. Like a, like a door. Think of it like a club, a bouncer. Like you don't belong here. Get on out. Goodbye. Sorry. Yeah. And then bring in that fun character that's like lighter and wants to be there and finds a way. That optimistic character that's like, all right, we got to do this, but what do we like about it? Or we're going to do this. And then because you did this that you didn't like, we're going to go do something that we do love. And that can help motivate you to keep going as well making possibly making the people love challenges. I find a lot of people like challenges. Like whenever there's like a 10 pound weight loss challenge, people are like all over it, but like, why not make every single day a challenge and a game and something that we can compete against ourselves with to create yes. what we want in our lives. A game, a yeah. game that, and I love this idea because, you know, so many people bring up this idea of comparison. And I say the best way is to just focus on you yeah. and to compare yourself to yourself. So this idea really sets you up to say, hey, you did like almost like talk to yourself, right? Like if I could say to myself, like, hey, Jill, you did great today. Tomorrow, what do we want to, what's the game going to be tomorrow? What are we going to work through tomorrow? Or like, even what are we going to start to just improve? And what I like, two things, one, a little bit at a time and yeah. also celebration. We need to celebrate because yes, the whole idea of game and a challenge is fun. But if we don't give ourselves time to celebrate everything we've already done and where we are now, we almost don't appreciate the process. And it is a journey. Let's enjoy the journey of life, all the steps in between. So I think that that is really important too. While we're challenging ourselves, remember to celebrate ourselves. Patience comes to mind too. Oh yeah. Which is not, I'm not great at patience. I'm learning to be more patient, but patience is not an attribute that I was given with such ease. Um, Maybe. It, right. I was like, I start something and I want it to be great. Like yesterday, like yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. It's not happening. <laughs> you know? Um, and sometimes it takes like six months to a year to like actually start to see changes and to actually go like, Whoa, I've actually come a long way. Cause it's yes, absolutely. And this idea that's, we, when we reinvent aspects of our, our lives, right? Ultimately, over time, we recreate our entire life. We reinvent our entire life, yeah. but it's one step at a time, one part of your life at a time. A lot of times I ask, I take like an inventory and I look at different aspects of my life and I was like, what parts are working well? What parts aren't working well? And talk about like changing things or reinventing things for me. When, one, when more than one aspect of my life is off at the same time, so if two aspects are not working simultaneously, something's got to give. Because I feel because I like to live with passion and purpose, I cannot continue to live like this. I was given the greatest gift when I was given a heart transplant, and I'm going to use that gift to the fullest. I'm going to pay it forward. And the way I can do that is to keep going and keep looking at things in this way and shifting things to, to go on that trajectory, to go in that direction. Um, I'm curious. There's two things here that I want to ask. One, 
this is tying back into what we were saying, but I was thinking about grief again. And I was asking one of my friends who, um, she works with people as they're passing. And I asked how long it really takes to grieve. And she's like, if there's like a scientific number of time, and this is relating back to growth and like making changes. And she was like anywhere from nine months to a year and a half. Yes. Right. So we have to give ourselves space to heal when we're moving through things like this, but not use it as an excuse either to not make changes, but just like use it as like a, I'm moving through this process of learning and growing and reinventing myself. Yes, absolutely. The small steps, because like what you had said, like use it as an excuse. Often we're hiding. We're not really taking any steps. So it's really taking that inventory. Like have I moved the needle in this direction? And if I haven't, one, what's stopping me? And how do I change that? How do I work on that mindset? How do I work on that self-talk? Because a lot comes from there. And then how do I take action steps to make to move the needle? And I think that if we look at it one small step, it it's easier to manage. Yeah. Well, and that really just what you just said comes back to the name it, claim it, and change it. Yes. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. It seems so simple, doesn't it? But it's no. It's, a process. it's a process. It's a journey. And you come back to it like this process of recognizing your courage, reframe your challenge and reinvent your life again and again on repeat over time. That's the way it's meant to be utilized. When people learn it, it's it's to be used again and again, because it is going to be that back and forth. It's not a linear process. It's not a direct line. Well, Healing never is. Growing never is. The journey never stops. We get, as soon as there's one situation, there's always another one that pops yes. up too. Yes. And it's reframing that so that in that mindset, that self-talk, so you could say, all right, here it is. What are we going to add to this one? How are we going to make it fun? How are we going to bring some light? How are we going to keep going? Because if we think about it, it's like one challenge after another challenge. It feels so hard. Yeah. It feels like it. it's heavy. Right. So how can we make it lighter? How can we say, oh, hello, here you are. Let's go. Like let, almost like this idea of like having like a sparring match, but in the best like possible way, like, oh, let's go today. Like you're helping me, whatever this challenge is to get to my next level. Like, oh, you're really my friends. Let's do this together. Yeah. We don't want to stay the same. Nobody wants to stay the same. Well, And if you want to, it's because you're comfortable. But comfort is not where change happens, not where transformation happens, and not where you ultimately want to be. If you think you want to be, like, that's probably coming from a place of safety, right? Wanting to feel safe. And that I always also think about this idea of, like, a risk benefit. What matter, like, what's the risk of staying for this, in this instance, like, staying safe versus growing? Like, if... Yes, you could choose safety, but you may never get to that next step because in that next step, you have to take risks. So it's that idea. I think of a lot of people, I know myself, I've dealt with this too, of like this idea of feeling safe, but how can you feel safe while also moving forward? Because safe doesn't mean that you have to stay stuck. Taking that risk of safety we, when I see, I totally hear what you're saying, but the two things that came up to my head were purpose and the why. So like you, you why, why would you want to risk the safety? And is that, is that emotionally pulling you enough to be able to risk the comfort of your home? Um, Jill, my favorite poem 
I have to send it to you, but it's, it's like the 78th passage from the Tao, the Tao Te Ching or something like oh, that. Yeah. Do you know what that is? I, I, I'm familiar with that, but I don't know if I know the exact poem. Oh my I'm gosh. Sure. It's, it's yeah. about a butterfly. And there's, oh, yeah. there's a, there's a line in there that says risk the, the, the risk is the something about the only, the only way that we can get anything of real value is risk. And the butterfly makes an arduous climb of the trunk of a tree and Perlius trip onto the barest branch to create their own chrysalis of consciousness. Oh, you I'll send to it to you. Yeah. Oh my God. That's, that's what it is. Like it really is. And that's what growth is. And it, it's like, we keep saying it's a process and the why I love that you brought up the why, because when your why is strong enough, when it really comes from that in tuned, aligned, purpose-filled, intuitive place, then I think you know that you, the risk of not doing it is just way too high. Right. The, the need to feel a little unsafe, the need to take a risk will make sense for you at that point because you have such a strong desire to make whatever it is happen. And that's what you're saying with the intuitive of like that, knowing that this is what I need to do and knowing that like things are going to work out and knowing that that's just what you need to do and having trust in the process. Intuition too, because the, what I'll say, how I feel that trust really links in as well as your intuition is when you go back to this concept of self-advocacy and finding, owning, and using your voice, when you find your own voice and you trust that, you will then begin to trust your internal voice more. And you'll hear your intuition louder, and you'll also be able to follow it through because you will trust it more. Um, That makes me question or want to ask you, how do we learn to trust our voice more? Yes. So a great question. I think the way that we learn to trust our voice more, first, we have to find it. First, we need to get acquainted with our true voice. Because when I work with people so many times, I see that the voices are sometimes coming from our history, right? Like right. our parents' voice or, or you know, people that were integral in our lives. And when I have them go back, first, I would say, when what was your defining moment? What was your first moment that you remember either speaking up for yourself or not? And what happened? And I sometimes have them like write it down and go through that. And so- once, like that's one step in that process. And then I also will have them do this inventory of looking at the what they hear. And in that process of the inventory, a lot of times I'll have them write a letter to themselves as if they're writing to their child or to like a child that they love. Because a lot of times the voice that we're saying to ourselves is never the voice that we are going to say to somebody else. And a lot of times the voice that we do need to use in our own head. So to get acquainted with that voice, I would say, it's probably to go back to childhood and see when your defining moment was where you spoke up or you didn't. And then I would say writing a letter to yourself about whatever it is that you feel you're not speaking up about, write a letter as you would say to your friend or to your child or to, you know, a love a young loved one in your family or or friend group or wherever it is. And then when you do that, then you could start to see what that is real and true for you and then do the inventory. And you could start to say like, oh, that's not my voice, like, or whose voice is that anyway? And then you start to see a pattern, which we have with some of my clients of like, oh, that's often this person's voice. Okay, thank you. It's not mine. I can let you go now because it was never mine to be. And I will, I will bring in my voice more. So I think that's a way to really begin. Um, I remember the first time that I realized that my fears were not mine. 
That was like the most mind blowing thing that I experienced was like, that is not me. That is from this, that is from this. And that is from this, but it takes Mm -hmm. the courage to do your name it, claim it, change it. And to, to go inside, to learn about ourselves. And this is where I also think that the importance of being healthy is too, because if we're not physically healthy, like our mind's not clear either. And like, I think I, that's why I love movement and exercise because it literally like you're clearing things out and your body is a direct reflection of what's going on inside. And if we're putting shitty things in our body, like our mind cannot function properly. So we're not going to be able to know the difference of those negative thoughts or the different people or ancestors or friends and family who have had these fears that have instilled these fears in us since we were kids, if we're not clear and in our body, mentally, physically, and spiritually. It is all connected. And when we make the choice to change, then all the resources we need start to come forward and they start to help support us in that process, in that journey. Yeah. Wow. I mean, the idea of like looking at your cabinet and starting to clean out what what the foods that aren't working for you, like any type of like when you start to declutter the mind, when it comes to like your food pantry or your closet, it really helps you to sort through your your mental philosophies, beliefs as well. It really is, it's holistic. It is all connected. And when you change one, you inevitably start to change the other. And the more you want to change the others, because when you're starting to go in the direction of feeling better, you want to, you want that to be included more and more. So it naturally happens. Yeah. And and just like once you get on an exercise roll consistently, then you start to want to eat healthy intuitively because your body's like, no, we feel good. If you put that in me, that's just gonna make me feel worse. Like our bodies are very, very wise and intuitive things. Yeah, absolutely. And it's your body, I believe, is constantly speaking. Each of our bodies are constantly speaking to each of us. And they're they're giving us messages all the time and we can tune into it. And then, I mean, some of the ways that I've been able to advocate for myself is having that connection with my body and knowing, oh, something's not right here. And then being able to speak up for myself. So that it's key. You really need to know. And again, like you said, when you start to take care of it more, I also think you start to become more attuned to your body and you start to be able to hear its messages in a different way. Um, I just took a workshop. Do you know who Paul Check is? I don't think so. Paul Check, I I would call him like a pioneer of holistic health, but I just did a workshop where he was teaching us how to ask like your inner voice or your soul questions and how to feel that in your body. Like if it's a yes, there's like this rising energy. If there's a no, there's like a sinking energy. Oh yeah. I can relate to that. Cool. So, so strongly. Yeah. Do you feel it in yourself? Like I know when I ask myself something, I can, I get that like gut feeling and I can say like, this is a strong yes. This is a hard no. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, what's interesting though, for, for me, yes, hundred percent. Yes. And, and what's interesting though, is that if I'm asking myself questions about relationships, that one confuses me because like, we're looking at like our, you know, like our root chakra, like that energy is down there. But like, if it's anything else, like I feel it in that that's the only time it confuses me, if that makes sense. Yes. But usually it's like very heavy and like, I can feel the energy, like in my hands pushing down of like, okay, no, mm. that's a no. And I think that also speaks to the idea we were talking about before with following your intuition, because when you hear that, yeah. you trust it, you follow it, because it really does 
it really, it is speaking to you. And when we can learn to trust it and listen more, we can start to, to respond with more ease. And, and then the other point that I love that you made is like, in a lot of areas you can, but not in relationships. And I believe that we all have those areas. Like for me, health comes really natural. I can get my intuition on my health because I've been yeah. doing it for so long in, in a second. They'll bring up a treatment and I know immediately, like, is this going to work for me? Is this not going to work yeah. for me? You know, and I always work with my doctors, but I will then speak up about my concerns once I feel them. Whereas like when it came to business and other things, it took time. It's still yeah. learning because some areas are just we've sharpened those tools a little better in certain areas than we have in others. And I believe that we all have areas where following our intuition comes with more ease and others, it takes more time. Just like being able to connect with that true. Yes. And that hard, no, like you were saying, it comes up easily in some areas and not in others. Yeah. Um, and then what I wanted to add to what you were saying too, with following your intuition of like following your energy, if it feels good, go for it. If it doesn't feel good, that weird energy is probably there. Like trust how you're feeling. And then, but also, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, trust how you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and then I think it's also good to check in if you are having that link, is this from this? Why am I having, like, if you're having like that hard, no, like to, to basically like check yourself. Is this coming from something else? Is this a limiting belief or is this actually a truth? Yes. And I also love like the hard no for me, going back to this idea of creative solutions and problem solving skills, having that hard no, knowing what they are, being able to connect with that can help you to find your yes. Because there's been so many times where I'm like, no, I will not do that. It comes out so like visceral and strong, but then it's like, okay, I won't do that. But what will I do? And then you start to look about into the possibilities and that's closer to the yes, exactly. I will not do this. I cannot do this in this way. And sometimes it's, I cannot do this. And then it's sometimes it's, I cannot do this in that way. So what is the way I might be able to do this, but in a, with a little different slant to it. Or I can't do this right now. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's totally fine. And that's, that's, that's the claiming it part. I really love that. Like, name it, claim it, change it. That's just like, I love it. Such a, like, just like a, uh, you know what I mean? Very it's like what you started, right? It's almost like this idea of what we talked about before, of like, how do we kind of, if we want to move the needle a little bit every day, like you could, people could almost use that as their mantra. Like, how can I name it, claim it, change it today? What would that look like? Let's start. And each day it could be one little small step that, that you can use. And that's why I love with this process. Like, it can be, I work with people where I can do it just on one area of these, like one of these small concepts, or we could do a whole process because it really is. And that's what we do. Like when we do our first initial complimentary consult is figure out like, what is it you're needing at this time? What area is it? Is it a, is it one part of the process? Is it the entire process or is it one part underlying these process, which I call the pillars underneath each one. So where is it? Because it could be this one is where you begin and you grow upon that as you get started. Cause it really is different things will resonate with different people. Just like you're saying, like the name it, claim it, change it is resonating with you. And their priorities are going to be different too. Oh yeah. And their stage in life, what's going on in their life. Everything is different. So everyone needs to kind of cater it to where, where they are. And that's why even and two group programs, but even in the group programs, one is find, own, and use your voice. And the other one is power of choice and change. But the idea is that I always do individuals in those, like I have individual sessions 
intermix because we really do. We have to get to the individual process because everyone is so different and then how they can apply those principles to themselves. Everybody's got a different childhood yes. experience or young adult experience that influences the way they are today. And everybody's got a different root issue. So everybody cannot necessarily be treated the same. Oh yeah. You get that. Like if you think about like family dynamics yeah, and if you, two people in the family could have lived through what seems like a similar experience and the yeah. interpretation of it is completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so who do you, who do you mostly, who do you mostly work with? Like, so I work with, I've one section where I work with, um, teens and tweens on executive functioning, um, navigating social dynamics, as well as becoming their own advocate, being confident. And then I also work with adults where I really work on this idea of what do you want to change in your life and how can we navigate that? Sometimes it's relationships, it can be career, it can be health. It's what is it where you think you are stuck with an obstacle or you've been blocked for a very long time and working with an ongoing client that is ready to leave her marriage and has been for a while, but hasn't, hasn't been the right timing. They haven't been ready, but they know it's going to happen. So it's almost like you may have been dealing with an obstacle for a short time or a longer time. And you may just want to feel more and more like yourself and to live more fully. So we can start looking at that pie together, basically. And what area do you want to grow? What area do you need to grow? And then how some people want to work just on self-advocacy. Some people want to work on naming, claiming, changing it. Some people want to find their yes. Some people want to look at the whole process. So it really just depends. But those are the type of people that I work with. Do you think it all comes back down to the why? The why for each individual. And the why for each individual at different life stages. Because your why will change. Your why, why you may have stayed in a relationship before may no longer serve you when now your kids have grown and they left the house and now you're in a different life stage. And that's another area where I work with, with clients, tend to work with, with clients that are getting into that life stage where it's like, now I'm focusing on me. I'm going to take center stage. And how can I do that? How can I feel more and more like myself? Epic. Yeah. The why changes everything because if you, and getting to our why is not always easy. Yeah. Figuring out what our why is, is not always easy. And if you look at it according to the pie and we try to find a why in each area, because sometimes when we look at an overarching why, it can feel a little overwhelming. So like, in my health, what is my why there? Who do I want to be healthy for? What do I want? Why do I want to get my health in check? Is it because I want to live a long life with my family and be there for my children? What is my why for my business? Do I want to feel more passion and purpose? Do I know that this isn't for me and there's something out there that is more aligned with who I am and what I'm meant to do in this life? And then in your relationship, how do I want to feel every day? What is my why here? What do I want? Maybe I want someone that fully supports me and that will grow with me. So each area can have its own individual why. So can you just kind of briefly go over each areas of the pie that we're talking about? Yes, absolutely. So if you look at your career, could be one part of the pie. Your home family life could be another part of the pie. Yeah. Like friends, family, home life. Your um, health, your health is another part of the pie. And then I would always add one for like a, separate area that's like your passion your purpose your like miscellaneous bucket because I feel like everyone has so we have like our career we have our health we have our friends and family and then and we have like this 
our extra bucket that is really our unique. Right. To decide, going back to that first question of like, what really lights us up? And, it, and we might want to go deeper into that in that pie. And, and also, I like to leave room for that extra piece because everyone is different. Right. And what I may think of in my pie for my life may be something totally different in someone else's. So I think this is the truth. We create our own pies. So yeah. if I'm working with somebody, it's like, if, what is important to your life? What are the aspects that you're really looking at and that you really want as a whole, you want transformation to occur? What are those pieces? What are those for you? So I would say that would be what I would ask people. Like, what is your, what do you define as your pieces of the pie? Because I think that can change per person. Well, do you find that there's common principles with all of these though? Yes, there's common, common principles. So like this recognize, reframe, reinvent, they can apply to each area. Like one of my clients, she applied it first in her work and she totally transformed her work. And then she moved on to like changing things in her relationship. So I think that one, it just built upon each other because it's, it's like a muscle, right? You're learning how to do these and apply these principles and they can apply to different areas. And once you get confidence in one area and you see, oh, wow, I did it. And this is the other thing. We can all do it. We are going to all do it differently. And you find what way works for you because these are the, these are the processes. These are the pillar pillars in the process, but how you apply them, how you add your own personality and character is up to the individual. Not everyone is going to advocate the same way. Right. Is completely, that's what you want. You want to find your, to make it you, because if you make it yours, you will use it. If you just think you're trying on someone else's, you're not, you'll use it temporarily, but eventually it's not going to create long lasting change because it doesn't feel like it's not yours. And also a big thing that I help people do is to be more authentic, be more themselves. So we want, everything needs to apply to the individual, not, it's not someone else forcing it onto them. The analogy that's coming to my head is like building a house. Like there are certain things like, sure, you build a foundation, but like your foundation will look different based upon the type of house that you're building or based upon, you know, the layout of the house, but you're going to have similar things. It's just going to look different. Like, you know, somebody, somebody might like yoga over strength training, or somebody might like a vegan diet over a paleo diet, but there's still like these foundational pillars of health that we have to, and I'm using health because that's where my, my brain goes to, but you know, like they're, these still yeah. look the same. They, they're just, they're the same, but they look different. It's a different way to get there, but the yeah. same concepts. It's a, yeah. it's a different road. Like, just like you're saying with different ways of exercising, it's the same thing with, I love to use like go-to tools and strategies for people to create their own like coping kit. What are their tools and strategies? Because a lot of times with clients, like we'll, we'll kind of brainstorm together. And I was like, which one feels right to you? Try them and see which one feels good. And I always like share a lot of things and I have them take notes and I'm like, what came out for you? Because that's going to be your wording. That's going to be your mantra. Make it your own because the words that work for you is what you'll use. Yeah. What resonated the most. Exercise. If you love yoga, you're going to continue to do yoga. You love dance. You're going to dance. And that that's the same in different aspects and different areas for mindset, self-advocacy, what works for you and what feels good to you. You will continue to use. So much here. And this is such good stuff that we're talking about. And I think it's so important to talk about too. So I appreciate your, your perspective with all of this. Um, my next question for you is, can you tell me about the guide that you have for us? 
Yes. So I have the Yes Filled Guide. You can find it on my website at jillhollander.com. It's on my About Me page. The link is on the bottom of my page. And in this guide, it will give you a general idea of self-advocacy, living fully, mindset. And then within that is also some go-to tools and strategies that you can start to use to get you started to see what may or may not work for you in your journey. So it's a great guide. Go grab it today and it'll help you to get started. Epic. Well, thank you so much, Joe, for coming on here today and talking about this. And I, this is what I love about just holistic health is that like, it's all of these areas that they all fit into each other. And I think empowering ourselves and like, even what you're doing with like working on ourselves internally is like where we have to start with all of it. Cause it, nothing else matters if we're not going to work on ourselves. Yes. Yes. And also to remember that Tomorrow's not promised. So how do we really want to live? How can you tap into your resilience and your authentic confidence and live with the wisdom and insight that we have this precious life? And every day you can ask yourself, how do I really want to live? What do I really want to be doing? And start taking one small step in that direction. The impermanence of life. We all think that it's permanent, but I think contemplating things like this and looking at, I think it might be easier for some people who have experienced more death in their life, but to, to really kind of like, what does it mean to be alive and what does it mean to live and what does it mean to die? We're all. And and when you really are, are willing to go there and ask yourself that, I mean, I, because I have been confronted many times with that with situations that made me ask myself, like, if I was to die tomorrow, how would I feel about what I'm doing today? And it's hard to ask yourself that, but the answers will show you how you really want to live. That is the truth. Because what I've found time and time again, is that the ordinary moments are really what is extraordinary. Yeah. Those are the moments that really, really matter. I have to send you an, a poem by David White too. I, he, he, he hit there. I don't even, I don't know what it's called, but he literally talks about, you are never alone. Like the kettle sings, the birds come and see you, the drip of the fountain, but just being incredibly aware of all the tiny things and being grateful for the things that we have all around us. We so take for granted, like our home and our desk and the computer and just having a meaningful conversation with a new person. Like, yes. These are the things that make life amazing. Amazing. And keeping a gratitude journal can help to remind you of that. I do one every day. Some people do it every week, whatever feels right for you. But to begin looking for the small things, because like I said, the small things truly matter. So just start looking what you're grateful for, the small things. And then when you're having a hard day, look back and it can remind you of all the things you have to be grateful for. Um, I don't want to get on a tangent of gratitude, but (laughs) gratitude is like everything. It just makes, it literally rewires your mind. It makes you happier. It makes you healthier. And when we can express gratitude for the things that people do for us, like we are, I just, and it makes us healthier. If we're happier, we're healthier. Yes. I do gratitude practice every single day. Yeah, I try to do it in the morning because it sets up your day. Oh, yeah. Be in that mindset to be doing what you want to start to move the needle in your life in the way you want to because you're going, you're filling yourself with the good feelings at the beginning of the day. Yeah. I literally do a gratitude practice before I get out of bed. 
Like I literally count 10 things on my fingers before I even my feet touch the floor. I love that. Um, the other thing I've done too previously for, um, in relationships, I have take make it a gratitude journal about the person that I was in a relationship with every day, just to like, like, I'm grateful that this person did this, especially if people are struggling in their relationships. I think it's a great way to like show appreciation and like reframe your mind because I mean, again, that comes back to this impermanence and how do you want to live your life? Yes. And also in relationships, Gabby Bernstein talks about the appreciation game. And my husband and I have played that together. And it's so great. It's basically this idea of gratitude and just saying the things that you appreciate and the things that you appreciate about each other. And I think it just helps to foster the relationship and to reinforce and enhance what you truly love about one another and to focus on that. And you can do it with friends. You can do it with your family members. You can start with yourself, but these are ways to like show, because sometimes we look at relationships and we don't always get to see the gifts and the blessings every single day. So this is a way to start to see it more and more by showing, and you don't even, you can write and tell them how you feel. Cause I really am a true believer in saying how you feel because Again, no one knows what will happen. So you feel something and you love someone, let them know. But also first you can start with yourself just to remind yourself of what great people you have in your life and how you created this life filled with these people or filled with the job or filled with exercise that you love, whatever it is, it just reminds you that you did that and it goes back to celebrate it, right? You could celebrate how great you are and how great you're doing because you're creating a life filled with these things. You are something else, Jill. <laughs> I uh, I don't even know. I just feel so good. So thank you. Thank you. Yes, of course. I have yeah, loved this conversation. You are just, you are, you are amazing in what you're teaching. And I really believe in everything that you're teaching. And I think it's really needed. So thank you for doing what you're doing and sharing the word. And then also coming on the podcast and sharing it with our listeners. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you again for having me. Yeah. So we'll uh we'll link all of your info in the show notes, but it's jillhollander.com. And there's if you go to our about page, you can grab her the free copy of the yes guide. And we'll have to have you back on. Oh, that'd be awesome. Cool. Thanks, Jill. Thank you. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Check out the links in the show notes and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe if you liked this episode and we will see you next week.